1: Hard to see it as anything less than the arrival of an exciting event, a trainload through of treasure, or another edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. I'm Nikki Dakota, your host, and I am joined by the, yes, the Film Guys. It is a great pleasure to welcome to the studio today the one, the only, the storyboard artist to every good film ever made. He is our friend and film guy, J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd, welcome. You totally right smooches also in the studio today it is the other film guy also the possessor and what a strong neck he must have for the largest frame brain on the planet he is the nitrate film archivist for the library of congress and he is our friend and film guy george williman george welcome
2: hi D. Ho.
1: We, speaking of high, there's a little bit of uh, to the moon, to the to top, the moon, of, uh, to oh, the top of the world. What do you say? What do
0: you know, uh, Long movie, sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, we have come together to celebrate uh, one of the finest gangster movies ever made, and I think that many people will recognize this starring actor. Gentlemen, which movie have we come together to speak of today?
2: Today, we are looking at one of our, ooh, one of our favorites, uh, 1949 film, Raoul Walsh's White White Heat. heat. Before it's
1: all said and done, I want to know what that title comes from. And you were saying starring the one.
2: And only James Cagney.
0: That's it, man. It doesn't get any better than that.
2: And this time he tap dances on people's That's skulls. That's right. <laughs> he comes back to the
0: form of, of his original, original screen auspices when he was a gangster. And now he's 52 years old. Oh, is that right? Gang- and had one of his earlier movies, uh, Public Enemy, I mm-hmm. believe his name was Tom oh, Powers. And you'll watch that movie and you'll see him 20 years, uh, 25 years later. And he is... Uh, Cody Jarrett, but he's still that same gangster that we fell in love with when he was tap dancing on everybody's skulls.
1: Isn't that funny? Now this is uh, 1949, is that right George? Yes. 1949, so he was making his first gangster movies before the 30s even dawned.
2: Uh, no, he actually he's one of the few of these major stars who's, who began his film career in sound films in 1930.
1: Okay. But well, he's a
0: singer um, and a dancer too. Right. Uh, but his but, And uh, a tap he, dancer apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, he's a big uh, tap dancer, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, you see seen Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, you're not kidding. You he's watch, him, you watch really... him when he walks, he walks on his toes almost all the time. He's he's a short guy, but he has an aggressive kind of gait when he walks. Man, this guy means business. On the screen, it really projects. In real life, I don't know if you'd ever really notice it, but that's just why there's so many people in real life that are kind of boring, and you see them on the screen, and they just come alive. Um, I'm not saying that Cagney was probably boring in real life, but he sure came alive on the big screen back in the old
1: days. And he certainly did. It is uh, one of those films that sort of makes you love him despite the, the, the punk, punkishness of his character and uh, his behavior. But there's something about well, him that's just engaging.
2: Yeah, Cody is, I mean, his Cody Jarrett character is nothing more than a psychopath. I mean, he is completely psychotic.
0: He's also in love with his mother. Uh,
2: in in which is not which, we'll which uh, you know to. if we look back
0: on films like
2: <laughs> yeah. psycho yeah but uh, him, and a, a, Rex. him and his mom have oedipus ray him and his mom have
0: him and his mom have quite the franchise as far as gankers are concerned he has a beautiful girlfriend virginia mayo a lovely charming woman who snores when she sleeps <laughs> before she kisses you she spits her gum out uh, you know make sure not to, yeah and you know <laughs> There's something about that woman. It, it, um, that's the woman I was looking for when I was growing up.
1: <laughs> you didn't find Every her.
0: girl I kissed had their chewing gum in their mouth.
1: So. <laughs> Gentlemen, before we so you would have preferred to talk. hold the mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I had Virgin- to get that in there, somewhere. Virginia Sorry.
0: mayo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> before we get into the action in this very action-packed film, it is important to remind our listeners that these films do not arrive on this list in any willy-nilly, fly-by-night haphazard fashion it is only after passing a strict criterion of rules that they are placed upon the perfect movie list and gentlemen these rules are
0: white heat is a perfect movie because it creates the world it exists in and it wholly sustains that world regardless of changes in society copper it retains its meaning and entertainment value
2: yeah, perfect movie is never placed in preferential numerical order. Yeah, each film is perfect in its own scale. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I had to get Robinson in there. Yeah. <laughs> he is part of the Warner that's crew. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it is. You, it, It's this style of movie that you do think about that. that's sort of fast talk, I'm talking. I talking to this. Say, here we go. I'm all together. Here, well, uh-huh. Boy,
0: Cagney sure knew how to talk fast with incredible diction, I might add.
1: Yeah. Them. Yeah. So, um, this story, it, there's some kind of. Creepy twist. There's a lot of characters here. There's the the sort of bored wife, the devoted mother, the gangster, the the cop with so much heart and dedication. He's just Edmund trying. Edmund O'Brien
0: to... is who she's talking about. Really great actor. Really fantastic. He
1: does a great job, and he just he just wants to do the right thing and keep the world safe, this mm-hmm. country, for all that is good and right about America.
0: Yeah. But you, get your, <laughs> you get that out. You get that out of your system first, so you can enjoy the movie.
1: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the action in this action-packed black and white classic.
2: Well, like we were saying, the the film centers around Cody Jarrett, who's gang leader. Um, when it starts out, they're robbing a train. Uh, they get away with all
0: this money, and um, things. I don't want. I just want to warn you right now: do not get attached to the the train's <laughs> engineer or its conductor. <laughs> do not get attached to these people. <laughs> okay. Do not fall in love with these guys, because I'm telling you, it's just just don't. Just get don't him. do it. But the the cops the cops start
2: closing in on Cody, but they just can't they just can't get him, and and Cody ends up getting caught, but copping to a totally different crime because of this interesting deal he'd worked out with another criminal friend, where he you know takes the takes the heat for a lesser crime, gets put in jail for it. And basically gets away with the big crime. Now, the FBI and the cops know.
1: What he's doing. They,
2: they know that, but they can't catch him. So they get this great idea. They have a, a special agent uh, played by Edmund O'Brien named Hank Fallon who specializes in going undercover. So they get Fallon thrown in the pen with Jarrett with the idea of, you know, befriend him, get close to him, get him to admit that he took this huge mo- bunch of money off the train. So Fallon does that, you know. Fallon gets gets him to do that. Um, oh, but before I get too far along, there was one thing we do need. We we're talking about he has a very
0: close
2: relationship. Oh, yeah. In fact, with they, what
0: George is talking about the scheming they they come up with. Virginia Mayo and his mom go to a drive-in movie because they're trying to get away from the cops. <laughs> and guess who sets in between Virginia Mayo and Eddie Cagney? That would or, be the mother. Edward, the mother. <laughs> James Cagney, excuse me, not Eddie. Yeah, and he's all fifty-two years old here, and he's got. 22-year-old Virginia Mayo on the right and Ma's and Ma in the middle. Ma in the middle. And they're just not getting along. <laughs> I mean,ing no, no, Cagney and his mom gets along fine. It's Virginia that Ma. Well, and the interesting thing is that that Cody has a problem
2: in his head, in yes. his brain. Uh, he is unbalanced. He gets these horrible pounding headaches. Headaches. And in one of the early scenes with I, Ma, I got, a
0: projector here. I got it. Oh, here. Okay.
2: With Ma. Uh, where we can learn more about their relationship.
1: It's going? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: It's like having a... It's like having a red-hot buzzsaw inside my head.
2: (sighs) No. No, not yet, son. Hmm? Don't let them see you like that. Might give some of them ideas. Hmm.
0: You're thinking about your Cody, aren't you?
1: That's right. Mm. Top of the world, son. Don't know what I'd do without you, Ma. better oh, yeah. now go on
0: out show him you're all right it's that long pieces of silence you just hear ruffling he's sitting on his mother's lap <laughs> yeah. that's for the graphically impaired out there um just want to let you know watch the movie you'll see and he's a
1: t- completely because. grown man sitting on his mother's lap being comforted
2: right well about well, the, the red hot the red hot buzz buzzsaw in his brain which is better than having a red hot belt sander under your arm <laughs>
0: We like to say gonna,
1: that' here there are
0: times when you know we're working very late and we say that
1: frequently <laughs> hey, so we find Ed out helps. he has something I mean, we find out also at, during the course of this that that he these headaches were something of a of a of a uh, contrivance something,
2: a child, a, a childhood contrivance
0: that grew into a malady. something real yes. yeah yeah. Other than the fact he couldn't keep friends.
1: <laughs> we're talking about the 1949 black and white classic film, White Heat. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't keep friends. They kept dying. Uh, it's, and they kept uh, turning them in. There were no friends. <laughs> it's uh, one of the classic gangster movies with one of the classic gangster movie stars, uh, James Cagney, who plays Cody Jared. So uh, so he's pulling, them off, pulling things off left and right, but he's got right. a plant. He's got someone he's got sent in. He- to figure it out,
2: right, and like I said, Jarrett is in in jail, and he's he's putting together a plan to get out. Of course, and um, then the, one of the best parts
0: of the movie happens.
2: Yeah, they they go to lunch one day, and he sees a new con down yeah. down a few a few seats from him, and recognizes him as someone who's just come in that he knew, and he asks he asks the guy next to him
0: who happens him, to be
2: Jim Thorpe, right? Ask him ask him <laughs> how my mom is. So they play telephone. They go down the line. Ask him, how's, how's Cody's mom? How's Cody's mom? How's Cody's
0: mom? And with Walsh tracks really nicely. And then really they nicely. get to the
2: new guy, and he kind of looks over, and you see him, he whispers back, dead. And then they go back, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. And here's what happens after when Cody... After we throw projector here. Here's what happens after Cody Jarrett hears that his mother is dead.
0: Yeah.
2: So he, he, he takes it a little hard. Yeah, but um, you know how
0: many people watch that scene and said, "I want to be an actor."
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he almost sounds like a baby. Well, it's really cool because now,
2: here's and let me let me say this before you know before we go on in that uh, when they were making this film, this scene was not coming together for Raul Walsh, and so Cagney kind of I guess kind of took it upon himself to come up with something, and they didn't let the rest of the cast know what he was going to do. And the whole, I mean, to see his fit, it's just amazing. Because he leaps up on the table, throws himself down the table. Falling
1: wh- everywhere. All over
2: the place. It's
0: one big take, man. Thought and and the
2: faces on the people around him. You know, you, Edwin O'Brien is like, what? Is you know, he because, okay?
0: Because they did not know that Cagney was going to do this. But that technique is not too dissimilar from like when you're doing an effect on set or an explosion. Because a lot of times the director will not tell people as long as they're safely out of the way that there's going to be an explosion or something's going to happen because oh. once they're aware of that the second takes always soft that first take when they don't know when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen as long as everybody's it's safe real course,
1: anticipation you, real you see an
0: incredible surprise People can't act like that. They just can't. Um, generally, um, I'm sure I'll get an argument out of Steve Buscemi on that or something. But, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but that's very much like what Cagney was doing there. He is the explosive. The explosive. The explosive, yeah. yeah.
1: So while he takes the rap for this little thing to mm-hmm. avoid uh, the rap for the big thing, it's bad timing because now his mother has died.
2: His mother has died, and now he knows he's got to get out. No more lap dances. That's right. He's got to get out. He <laughs> wants to get out, get the money, get his gang going, get back to business. That's right. So he begins to put together. To, get, to put together a, a, an escape plan, and by this time Fallon, the the planted agent, has ingratiated himself very much with Cody. Swalling. Cody really likes Fallon, and there have been
1: several points. Him,
2: right, takes him under his wing. You know, very very chummy with him. Uh, but there's this other guy who has kind of caused some problems for, um, has <laughs> caused some problems for Cody in jail. But he ends up taking him along too when they finally do the big break and they escape from jail. He takes his other guy along, but he puts him in the trunk of his car. One of our favorite scenes. (laughs) Yeah. So when they finally get to the house, and he meets up again with Virginia Mayo, and they're going to go out again, and he's getting ready to leave. You know, they come with food. He grabs a chicken leg, and he's getting ready to leave. (laughs) And as they're going by, he decides to stop by the trunk of the getaway car to see how the guy in the trunk is doing. Yes.
1: How you doing, Fogger? Stuffy in here. I need some air. Oh.
0: Stuffy, huh? I'll give it a little air. You ever forget about what you put in the trunk once in a while? <laughs>
1: Well, it was stuffy. It always (laughs) reminds
0: me of this. Well, they left out the scene when they took the car back to the Hertz lot, you
2: know, (laughs) and had to pay to.
0: Keep in mind when you hear these incredible gunshot sounds, these are Warner gunshot sounds, Warner Brothers.
1: What does that mean? They
0: they designed these gunshot sounds that sound better than anybody else's anywhere. Right. Ironically, Warner Brothers actually uh, would tout their soundtracks as
2: bulletproof. Yes. <laughs> Meaning that you could t- put a Warner Brothers film in the worst theater in the world and the soundtrack would still be nice and clear and the dialogue would be understandable. As those
1: those, treat-
0: bull- those, those uh, gunshots had the most beautiful little echo around they them. Do. And here's the best part about them. Anybody that shoots anybody in a Warner Brothers movie throws the gun at them when they're shooting. They don't, Not literally out of their hand, but they'll Throw the gun forward when they're shooting. It's like they're not aiming. Or anything. Why is that? All those guys—Bogart, Cagney, Robinson—looks <laughs> good. It, <laughs> it looks, looks good. stylish. That's what Warners were all about. At that stylish. time, it was like like today.
2: It would be you know people holding their handguns sideways when they shoot. Yeah, yeah. which is which all I right. just hate. hate. Yeah, Wouldn't boy. that kick
1: back and knock some teeth out? But we're as pretty. a nitrate yeah. film archivist, do you find that do you you might be able to say definitively are they bulletproof with the soundtracks? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, Warner Brothers. They're the best. They sound really great. You can identify them. If you have 50 gunshots out there, we could identify Warner Brothers gunshots. We could. I can see a game
1: show brewing. So he gives the guy some air. Clearly just a bad dude. That's right. And they, they managed to escape.
2: Well, they keep going, and now they've got another plan. They've got, they've got this big um, oil tanker, and they're going to go to this refinery
0: and 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 rob it. Which is absolutely beautiful. These big, round, big round
1: Metal.
2: Tanks, yeah. Oh, but when they get deal. steps
0: going around them, oh, that's just gorgeous. But yeah. Fallon,
2: Fallon has kind of stacked the deck against Jarrett by building this weird little radio receiver that allows the cops to hone in on him using kind of an early... Uh, like a radar triangulation stuff
1: Totally cool, the yeah. way these little cars... I thought that was one of the neatest images about this. It the is. cars with the With the, the antenna, the loop hoop, antenna on top. And they were inside actually spinning it. <laughs> well, this is like post-war
0: a, stuff, you know. World right, War so so II provoked out all, all this sort of thing. thing.
1: And they were. They were triangulating by this and radar they're in
0: cars. They're so everywhere in cars.
2: It yeah. looks like it's going to go really good for Fallon because they are closing in on it when it turns out that one of the guys that Who's Cody... Who's meeting up. Right, that they meet up with Turns out to have been arrested by Fallon in one of his previous disguises, and, and he, he
1: fingers him. Fingers yeah,
2: him. Darn all the luck. And and so Fallon really tr- tries very quickly to 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 you know get the, get control back, but can't. And then the cops arrive because he because
0: he gets hit on the head from right, behind, he gets blackjacked. Yeah.
2: And so uh, everything goes goes crazy, <laughs> and and the 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 gang is dispersed. And Cody takes off and ends up on top of one of these big gas ball tanks. Oh, it's beautiful. Where they are trying to get him and to give up. The cops are in hot pursuit. The cops are in hot pursuit. Uh, now, they're Jarrett... not climbing up. They're shooting up at him. Right. And Jarrett has actually gunned down one of his own men. Yeah, uh, shot him in the back. what a he's... bad
1: guy. So he's now... a bad guy.
2: He enjoys it. So now is the penultimate move moment of the film where Jarrett is trapped at the top of the tank.
1: You might as well come down, Jarrett. There's no one left but you. <laughs> come and get me! What's holding him up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Finally got to the top of the world. <laughs> oh, no! That's right, folks. We gave it away. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, Cody Jarrett does not make it out. No. No. He does not make
0: it. no. But how many times have you been as a child at the top of the monkey bars? <laughs> top of the world! Top of
1: the world. Oh,
0: you're on top of your parents' car in the back of the yard.
1: Top of the world! And oh! then <laughs> once, then you were never allowed to do it. Again. You snuck up on the, uh, you know, the roof of the squirrels. Top of the world, boy!
0: This is a very famous scene. And the
1: explosions, is beautiful. Oh, I mean, as gorgeous. far as explosions go. go it all the way, man. Yeah. Oh. And it was nice to experience that gunshot sound after that description. And you're right. Yeah, that it's is good. Beautiful. It's such
0: a clean piece of work. This is 1949. Nothing's digital. It's completely analog. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You expect that to be that clear nowadays. But those guys must have some sound geniuses over there. And speaking of geniuses at Warner Brothers... Watch this movie carefully. When you watch these characters move and, and Cagney talk and he somebody else is feeding him a reaction, what you're going to see in between this stuff, like in a very good band, is music. And Max Steiner builds character with music. You'd swear there's some sort of other character around these guys when they're working because he uses the most – Incredible arrangements to describe uh, Cody going crazy, Cody climbing the water tower the, the gasoline tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing like this guy. He did King a, lot Kong. Of, a lot
2: of discordance whenever Jared is having his moments. There'll be these jangling jarring chords or
0: discords. Mm. I'm sure when they cut these films together back in the old days and they didn't really have a mix in there, they'd probably use temp track, music temp track. But – and, you know, Cagney holds his own because he's so, so good. But I don't think these these films, these Warner films, ever really came to life until they added the soundtrack. I'm sure the sound effects had a lot to do, but that soundtrack is just as much a part of Cody Jarrett's character – uh, as 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 his mother is <laughs> right, and and Steiner
2: himself. I mean, uh, Steiner was quite uh, one of the really great Golden Age of Hollywood. Like I said, uh, King Kong. He's the, uh, one of the Gone best composers that ever was. You know, his stuff is extremely powerful. Another German émigré that came over to escape what was happening in in his country in the late twenties and early thirties, and and just a brilliant composer and yeah he's one of those great ones who can you know create a little theme for each character and then just kind of mix and mix and mix and it just carries along it doesn't override the film but it just fits in there he's and, and not the same guy
1: that him. did high noon is he that was so known that was for dimitri that technique
2: Ma- no that was dimitri tjomka yeah. so they, they were all they were contemporaries Waters. they were contemporaries they yeah. all
0: were both all those guys if you see uh other movies of the era, you're gonna see like stuff that Uh, steiner puts in here as an accent they'll build up to it and all of a sudden be an explosion of music max steiner does that like every four bars and Mm -hmm. he gets away with it somehow some way there's this incredible ability to arrange how the mode and the tempo and and he sets an immediate tone for this film through uh composing uh, right up front and then you have these beautiful little sound edits uh like the wind you know uh it all just—it's a marvelous. marvelous well, and a we're lot talking of that...
1: about oh, White ahead. Heat, the 1949 right. black and white classic from Warner Brothers. James Cagney, the star; Raul Walsh, the director; Virginia Mayo, playing a, a very interesting character—the bored wife, the hussy. I think it's fair to say this girl is a hussy. She is a hussy. She's almost uh, sold out. She goes with the strongest prevailing wind at any at any time, which would
0: happen to be big Ed.
1: But it's an interesting uh, <laughs> confluence of you know the, the ensemble is pretty. It, it creates a pretty interesting dynamic,
2: right? And and again, as you mentioned, Raul Walsh, uh, the director, who's a director who we have not come up before on Filmically Perfect, but is one of the great kind of he-man directors. He's one of our favorites. Like big action. Action director, and he goes way back to the the earliest days of cinema, starting in the teens.
1: Oh, really? Uh, both as
2: an actor and a director, one of his first major roles in a film was playing John Wilkes Booth in uh, D.W. Griffith's *Birth of a Nation*. And, Whoa! Uh, so what a
1: pedigree! What a what his own what a resume!
2: Yeah, throughout the twenties, he directed as well as acted in films. He did a really uh, one of the very first film versions of the play *Rain* a uh, version called Sadie Thompson with Gloria Swanson, where he plays the Marine who falls in love with her. Uh, he was actually a very handsome man and a very good-looking actor, and uh, he was supposed to star in uh, in Old Arizona in the early 30s, but when they were out working, I think he was going out scouting or something like that, a jackrabbit leapt up through his windshield of his car, uh, the result being that he was blinded in one eye and, and pro- I think probably pretty badly scarred by flying glass, uh, yeah. So that for the rest of the rest of his life, he wore a an eye patch. That kind of became his trademark, actually. There was another and famous Meghan director. And make it look even tougher, yeah.
0: Another famous director wore an eye patch, which is Nicholas Ray. That's right. And John Ford sometimes wore an eye patch too. Is that for George a George and I that... come in here with peg legs and eyepatches. John
2: Ford, I, th- I don't know if he was completely blind, but I think he had one eye that was, was kind of weak, so sometimes I think he would just cover that eye so that he could just use a good eye, the good eye to concentrate yeah. with. It really George had Poison Ivy one day, and I told him not to use that hook on it.
1: <laughs> and there he is.
2: But yeah, Raoul Walsh, I mean... <laughs> went on a long time like so many of the other guys did and he's very much known for these
0: really tough he made on an average one movie Every year from 1913 to 1964. Right. 52 years be, of making movies. Doesn't that have to be among <laughs> the
1: highest output? I mean, he's one or, of the biggest. Maybe not. Still, our... he, I
2: mean, he still doesn't beat uh, Michael Curtiz, who's like 170. Wow. What was the guy, did Joe Haas Ruck, for? Joe was 183. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, as for the rules, I think that it certainly uh, dips you right into the whole uh, gangster undercurrent good cop, bad, mean, mother loving well, gangster.
0: There's no way you can sit there and watch this picture and not be captivated. By it, I, I, I don't care who you are. There's, there's just so much on this screen that just grabs you by the nose and shakes your head. It's unbelievable. I
1: think it absolutely sustains it. There's no question. I think people will get value from this movie. Many but I think also, years.
0: Even though it, it can
2: be considered part of like the Warner Brothers gangster thing, it is more of a post-war film. Yes. Of sort of uh, way, industrial. a, a – industrial. Industrial. I mean the, the sort of the, the, the hopelessness that kind of appeared. And in, in 48, 49, it's always been my contention that for some reason – you know, and it probably has a lot to do with this sort of malaise of after the war. Yeah. Of people coming back and hoping things were going to be better but things not being that great. Um, these films that are just uh, d- despair – like in this one, you know, Cody Jarrett is just—he's a disparaging man. He's—he's he's hateful. He's resentful. Everybody—he can't have any
0: friends. That's right. He doesn't have any friends. <laughs> well, all he's got is his mother. They all and turn she's him gone, in, you know. Yeah, and then they take, gone. yeah they take his mom away from him. You know. Of course, you know he's a psychotic. But, there's
2: that. But yeah, this—this this is more—more more than just a gangster film. It is a more of a psychological profile,
0: which more of which was to come in the '50s. It
1: was. The, you're right. became the psychological angst.
0: And that I'm telling you, a lot of people want to become actors after watching this movie. It's
1: Gentlemen, we are almost out of time, and it was a whirlwind. Why, why white heat? Why this name, white heat?
2: Um, you know, I don't. I think know. it
1: has
0: something to do with the the headaches? phosphorus and all the explosion <laughs> at the end when he's top of the world. Mom. I think because a
2: white heat is considered very, very, very hot, like close to explosion, sure. like very close to an explosive oh, heat,
1: on the verge, on the verge of, of, of explosion. an explosion. Yeah. Very good. White Heat from nineteen forty nine we've been it talking about. also looks great on a marquee.
2: It does. It does. I the mean, <laughs> typeset they use on their film is really good.
1: Stop by and see us at perfectmovie.net, archives of all the shows, and do write to the film guys. guys at perfectmovie.net. Gentlemen, we are out of time. George Willeman, thank you for being here. And look at up on Facebook. J Time. <laughs>
0: <laughs>